This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, do you lament late lapses? And United need to be fresh for air. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street in a packed studio. Because George Cran is back. Hello. Oh, George, I was hoping you'd have a husky voice <coughs> from your tonsillitis. Oh, oh, yeah. Trying my best. Not He's coughing there. Yeah. Don't get too close. I'm not even introduced to your speech. Sorry. <laughs> Obviously, Graham Finnan's oh, here and much hello, more everyone. important, Alan Temple as well. Hello. But we're going straight into Dundee, George, because you've been off for eight months and won't. they wear blue. Did you know Did that? They? Okay. I was at the game. Uh, I was just, yeah, you were at the game on Saturday. You know what? Body, you know what? Mind. Dundee have the makings of a right good team. They're averaging more than Bears' holy grail of a point a game. And in Tony Doherty, they've got a right good manager. Yeah. But I'd just like to thank them for losing late goals and giving me something to moan about because that's my default position. Yeah, You know my... Uh, love of statistics that someone else provides but I actually did check myself I'm always sort of dubious about you know there could be these many points better off because you can look at other games and say well they got a, they got a point you didn't expect or they got a win you didn't expect but without especially when you look at the experience of their defence and arguably they should be four points better off because they've, they've lost late goals Two at St Johnson earlier mm. in the season and deep in injury time against 10 men on Saturday when they should have beat Motherwell 3-2. Almost the last kick of the ball, they lose a goal, lose a goal drop two points. Bit disappointing. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's as frustrating as you can get, I think, because they, they were excellent. At in the context of they've been very good so far this I know, season. Well, that's, I think that makes it even more frustrating, I think, because particularly in the first half, Muller came back into it in the second half and, and kind of forced their way uh, back on on terms, but in the first half, Dundee were excellent. After they conceded that first goal and then played Motherwell off the park. Really, the, the midfield three were, were knocking the ball around for fun, and they just looked like a really good team. Um, fully deserved the lead. Maybe should have been further in front, but yeah, that just that final get over the line stage has hurt them again. Defensively, we've kind of sung the praises all season. Amount of clean sheets they picked up. It's kind of strange that they've started scoring goals in the past few games, but they've started conceding. Mm -hmm. So just try. They haven't quite found that balance between being really solid at the back and having that goal threat. I think that's something they're working on. Obviously, this weekend's a bit different with it being Rangers, but it was a massive kick in the teeth because they played so well and. For me, as a football writer, I'd already written my piece and they went and conceded. Oh, late. I didn't that. change everything. It's nothing worse than thinking this game's yeah. done. To be fair, we've got some shockers in our patch. Dundee United <laughs> absolutely love a late goal. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, God help our poor Wraith Rovers correspondents. <laughs> I mean, God <laughs> almighty. Oh, I mean, no. they've just, they just, you basically are worth just turning up for the last five minutes of a Wraith Rovers yeah. game. Um, so, to be fair, it's, it's rewrite city on this patch. So, uh, you've not had too many, to be fair, have you? Yeah. No, just a couple. Just oh, the, yeah. the couple that... Uh, yeah, people, people out there should know that there's nothing turns the air blue uh, in a press box mm. than a game, a result-changing midweek goal in injury time. Just does people's head. Yeah. Especially if you've got some right good stuff. I always ready to go laugh because <laughs> it's, it's the evening, man, I was writing for the next, I was writing my stuff for the next day, so mm -hmm. I had until like 7, 8 o'clock in the morning to get my stuff done, but these poor guys had like 10 minutes after the final whistle yeah. and the whole result's changed. Yeah. And late in the season, it could change the whole picture of the league or something like that. I used to snigger away, but I, I did feel for them in my... You <laughs> <laughs> didn't. No, I never. didn't. But, yeah, I mean, looking at the league table probably makes it even more frustrating because if you add that, yeah. those four points say, on... There's, there's, not, there's not a bad team in that league. I mean, I often bemoan the, the overall standard of Scottish football, but that, that league just now... Livingston are bottom... And you wouldn't say they've been terrible this season. They've not been as... 
they're terrible as stuffy at times, as they usually are. Yeah. But but I mean, nobody's nobody's like Dundee were two no. two seasons ago and were getting <coughs> cast adrift. So mm-hmm. you do still have that wee worry about it, don't you? I think Livingston are really poor, but the worry is that Livingston are Livingston, and yeah. you, there's always that feeling that they just don't get relegated. So you, yeah. you're kind of expecting. Um, a, a little bit like I was absolutely certain Ross County would kick on under Derek Adams. There's mm-hmm. part of me that thinks Luffy will just kick on because it's kind of what they do. So that would, uh, yeah, it's there's you would obviously nail your mast, your colours to the Livingston mast in terms of relegation at this moment in time. But I mean, that's brave to do. And even if you do that, there's still a 11th place to avoid. So yeah. it's a really, really competitive and league who's down in there. 11th place? Aberdeen, a club with big, big resources. They can, they could change manager, staff, players, everything in January, and spend spend a lot of money in doing so. And you, you, you always expect Aberdeen are traditionally a top six team. So, I mean, personally, I, I, I hate when Dundee are in the Premier League, seeing big teams mm-hmm. below them because uh, you, you, mm-hmm. you yeah. want the teams that they are yeah. competing against below them. Yeah. They can all squeeze up very quickly, and the midweek results have just shown that Ross County going to St Johnston getting a win. Both in injury time. Yeah, yeah. These oh, thi- sorry, Kilmarnock were injury time. Uh, these things can happen, but um, I mean, from a Dundee perspective, I'd be more concerned if they were playing poorly, Tom. Yeah. I mean, George was right. That first forty-five minutes, obviously, Motherwell got a fantastic goal. Bereth, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a loose ball, and he's cracked it in off inside the post from about twenty yards. And yeah. Great strike, and. That could have that could have really you know hit Dundee at the core, but the way they went about their business in that first forty five minutes was terrific. The way they passed the ball, as George says, they passed the ball for fun. The stats, I don't look at the stats at half time, mm. and it was something like seventy percent to thirty percent, and it wasn't that at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I've got to say, in Motherwell, we've gone down to ten men for much of the sec- for twenty minutes of the second half anyway. But at first, as well as being good, they got goals and got themselves in front mm-hmm. too. Two, well, first goal, you know, everybody stops and looks at the ball. Well, they'll come and keeps on the move and gets in there and gets his goal. He got a few goals last season. Hopefully that's him, you know, on the goal trail. The fans will hope that because he certainly got a goal in him. And the second goal again, a lovely work. Cameron sets it down the right. I think Rudden pulls it back. Brilliant work from Beck. What's the left back doing <laughs> at the, in the front of the six-yard box? In there. <laughs> and he steps on the ball and I think it's uh, Stephen O'Donnell. Still, still sliding, yeah. yeah. And he and he, he talks he actually turns it into the in the, the near corner. So yeah, Dundee were good, very good in that first half. Second half, as you would expect, Motherwell must have got a kick up the backside, because yeah, the only thing that's the only way, nicest way I could possibly put it. And they were better and, and they came back into the game. Um <laughs> The right wise, there's a really poor goal from Dundee's point of view. You know, the deal, the deal with the first corner kicked quite well. It goes with the Blair Spall, who puts a great ball in, I've got to say, right on the six-yard line, and a swinging ball. But Joe Shaughnessy gets right under. Now, now there was talk, yeah. you saw a wee bit of I'm not sure infringement. I'm not sure if it was enough. You're right, George. I'm but being I, honest. I think on the other side, if the referee had given a free kick in open play, I don't think VAR would have overruled it that no. way either. No, so, possibly, yeah. yeah. It was one it of those ones. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then, to be fair to Tony Dockery, at two's up, they go a man down. He didn't sit and say, well, we'll just take the point here. He put on attack, he made attack and substitution brings on, you know, Robinson and uh, Tiffany and go, goes for the winning and as rewarded and brilliant goal from Zach Great Robinson. Goal. Great feet. He, he looks to put it in the keeper's right-hand corner and, you know, the defender and the keeper both think it's going up and he, he steps over the ball and puts it in the, the near mm. post. And, you know, you think Dundee's got the game in the bag. You know, but I've got to say, for, for as, as bad as, as you can look at Dundee, everything that Motherwell had to do from that goal kick, I mean, I asked my, one of my pals is meticulous with the timekeeping, so it was six minutes of stoppage time, but Malaki Boateng had been down injured for a fair bit, so I thought mm-hmm. it would go to eight anyway. Mm-hmm. But we're 30 seconds over that six minutes when, you know, uh, Liam Kelly's taking a goal kick but from that goal kick everything Motherwell had to do went exactly to perfection for him they win the first ball they pick up the second ball Ollie Shaw it's, Ollie Shaw actually makes this goal because it would have been easy for Ollie Shaw to actually when he gets the ball to lay it wide Wilkinson's going on the outside but if he does that then there's a good chance that Josh Mulligan sees that and follows the run. But what Ollie Shaw does is Ollie Shaw actually comes inside with the ball and Josh Mulligan is drawn to the ball and leaves the big space in behind him. I'm, I'm, 
I'm saying Josh Mulligan, but I'm not just criticising him for the goal. Mm-hmm. But it's a great layoff and a great finish. Everything absolutely went to perfection mm-hmm. for that goal for Motherwell. Now, you turn it the other way and look at what Dundee could have done better. And you can go right back to before Liam Kelly's kick. Dundee had a free kick in the Motherwell half. 30 seconds beyond yeah. stoppage time. They play it into the box and yeah. it goes right oh. through and, and runs out of play for the goal kick. They could have they could have done umpteen things. They could have if they wanted to, they could have went all the way back to Carson with it and, and, and bashed up the park. Personally, I would have played it the touch. At that point in time, you, I, I think like a rugby team. Kick uh-huh. for touch. You might I get a throw in. You might get a throw in, but worst case scenario, Motherwell have got to take a throw in, you know, just yeah. outside the byline for uh, them. And it would have been a long a way back. Kick. But it's easy for us. We sit there at the time. We sit there. We we're allowed to look back at the game and see where things went wrong. It's amazing how when football players, when it comes to the crunch, everybody just wants to make that final tell and com- uh, you know contribution that would make the difference. But unfortunately, you sometimes lose sight of the bigger picture, and there's no way that Dundee should have been leaving a huge gap mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. on the right hand side when the opposition have got ten men. Fair, fair play, mother. They had to push men on, but I was I was all nothing at that point in time. But you fill the gaps, you fill the gaps and say, okay, if you're going to score a goal on, that's got to be a worldie from about 25, 30 yards. You're, going yeah. to, you're not going to get in behind in a free run and a goal. So, <laughs> George said it was a kick in the teeth. I felt it was a kick somewhere else, a little bit lower down, actually, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, yeah, someone done you'll have to learn from. You were talking about, you know, the points against St. Johnston and, and the two points against Motherwell. For Dundee to be a, a a top six team, they're playing really well, but they need to close those games out. Yeah. If they're going to be in the top six this season, they need to close those games out and make sure they collect those points. And I'm oh. sure Tony Docker has been reiterating that to his squad this week. It's, it's not a crisis, but the fact, that, I mean, at their level of the game, it's it's easily high enough that you think it's ha- if it's happened twice in 14 games, mm-hmm. there's an issue there that the manager will want to address. And to be fair to Tony Doherty, the lack of goals he's addressed, he's, uh, he's, he's got his the balance of his team right and stuff like that. So he's done that. So you've got confidence he will. But what surprises me is the experience they've got. Mm-hmm. At the, the, the look, the one thing I would look at that defence with the experience of the central defenders and the goalkeeper and say, they could see a game out. You give them give them five minutes and say, don't concede. Mm-hmm. You would expect them to. So it, it, it's, it's left me scratching my head a bit. Well, I wonder... Um whether I don't think they missed Ricky Lamy particularly mm-hmm. during the game but I think they maybe missed him in that, oh, that instance, that yeah. instance. and it's not a go at uh, Aaron Donnelly because he had a good game uh, coming in for Lamy who obviously couldn't play against his parent club um, but Lamy's just bigger and I think for that header it, it was his side I think he he certainly at the very least he, he doesn't allow a, a flick on header to go where Muller will want it to go I think he goes and smashes it a free kick yeah. Yeah. A free kick. And yeah I think that talking about that experience I think maybe maybe that's what just cost him in that that moment because uh, it's, it's, it's tricky to say if a player that, that wasn't playing but I, I do think that maybe cost him a little bit just that sheer physicality that Ricky Lamy brings to the, the back line um because Donnelly's not the biggest, and he's a good, good player, and he's a fighter, and I, I think I think he had a good game, and he obviously got an assist as well, which helps. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see what Tony Docky does this weekend, because um, he was very pleased with Donnelly. Going to Ibrox, though, do you go with experience, or do you go with a player who's I always, done well? I always think when you go to Ibrox or Parkhead, you go with the experience. Mm. Maybe not because you think that'll help you get a result, but... I- <laughs> Being the fatalist that I'm agnostic, <laughs> experienced players can take a beating better than yeah. young players. It does, it, it does less damage usually an experienced mm. player if <laughs> if things go wrong as the can at Ibrox and Park. Hey. Yeah, there's also the element of there's likely to be a point at which Rangers take the lead, and at that point, you either think to yourself, oh, game plans out the window, we'll get a bit skittish. That's when it becomes two and three quickly. We've seen it a million yeah. times. Steadying influence mm. in the back can make sure that you basically Aye. say, breathe up for the next five minutes, don't concede again, see if we can stick in it so that there's a potential to maybe pinch something or put a bit of pressure late on. So I wouldn't necessarily be quite as fatalistic as thinking <laughs> <laughs> we need to play guys that can take a five. But it's, uh, I, I, certainly in terms of just guys that can maybe deal with setbacks on the pitch really well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think is, is definitely a positive. And to be fair, Dundee have done that all season. They've, they've, Bounce back really well. Yeah. I think every uh, every game they've lost this season, they've 
picked up a result mm. after it. They've not had two defeats in a row, which kind of shows there's there is a. I used bounce back ability in my copy last week. Which was quite I saw that George. <laughs> I shook not my impressed. head and, and murmured, "Not in my day, Waddy. Not in my day." That's because Ian Dowie hadn't said it. <laughs> yeah. Day. yeah, well, that's it. Wasn't, it, it wasn't a word. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't realise you had to try and get it in a headline is impossible. <laughs> ah, yeah, okay, really. fair enough. I didn't think of the push ups. But uh, yeah, you know, funnily enough, I've got I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't put fifty pence on any team, uh, any Scottish team away to the old firm. But I've got just a funny wee sort of feeling about Saturday that I, I won't faint if Dundee come away with a point. I won't faint if they get beat four or five nil either, because yeah. that's that's what can happen to the old firm. But and and it may be great credit to Tony Doherty and the squad he's put together because they performed so poorly. Their worst game of the season was Rangers at Dens, yeah. and you just think they've they've got something about them that they'll want to show. That's not them. Yeah, I mean, and I think they've shown that in general this season that. You know they can't play. They are they are good enough to be in this league, and and look as though they're, they're good enough to certainly grab a top six spot. You know I know it's early days, but some of the performances have been have been relatively good. You want to get back, and it's a difficult one because you, as George touched on, they've had a few clean sheets. They look pretty solid at the back, but the last few games that's five and and sort of uh, two games now they've lost, and a couple of bad ones in there that you wouldn't expect them to lose earlier in the season. So they're going to have to go to Rangers and show that they'll be well tested. I mean, Rangers under the new manager, you know, they've just been sweeping everyone before them at this at this point in time. And uh, the game at Dens, they were mitigating circumstances, I think. Yeah, for, it was a weird game. Uh, it was it? strange. Tony Doherty's after-match stuff was, was bang on. He said, you know, we would have accepted accepted two and what we can't allow it to do is run to three, four, and, yeah. and then five. Yeah. Um, but the way that game panned out with the delay at the start and then the pyrotechnic stuff and it, it just it was a very strange evening and, and then even sort of the goal that sparks off the Rangers third, fourth and fifth goals is, is when Luke yeah. McCowan is basically yeah. blocked by the referee um, you know and it, it just it just goes from bad to worse for Dundee so it doesn't seem like that game was too long ago to be perfectly honest so no. I imagine it's still in the memory of quite a few of the Dundee players and they'll be, they'll be hoping to put things right but I'd like them to go to Ibrox and show they can actually play in an environment. It's, it's sometimes much more. It's easier to play in Motherwell and pass it, pass the ball around and take, you know, be brave on the ball and Boateng and Cameron and, and Luke McCowan and you know Beck. Be brave on it, but you've, you've got to go to places like Ibrox and show that you're brave on the ball because that way Rangers don't have possession. It's much more yeah. difficult for Rangers to score if you've actually got possession of the ball for long periods of time. Um, and, and and Alan's right if. At some point in time, which has happened to the majority of teams going to Ibrox uh, outside, outside Celtic, you know, if you do go behind, just make sure you hang in there. As uh -huh. you say, don't lose a second goal right on the back of it because that really does give you an uphill, uphill struggle. But it'll be interesting to see, one, how they perform. Um, they'll shake off that, you know, disappointment from Saturday. I mean, it was disappointing. It's no despondency. It is no, far from no, it. No, neither. They're, they're playing well enough. They can go and actually play against Rangers and show they can maybe hurt Rangers a wee bit, mm. you know, in the attack. Will Tony Dock uh, change his lineup? I don't know. There might be a couple of changes. Obviously, Lamy can, can play in this one. So it'll be interesting to see. There might be other changes as well. I've got mm. a sneaky feeling. And watching uh, a chunk of the Rangers game on Wednesday night at Hearts, I didn't think they were very good. Mm. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. I thought they were painfully ordinary, mm. and I thought they were painfully ordinary watching the game against Aris Limassol. Um, so for all that the results have been good yeah, I don't yeah. think that to suggest yeah, that, they're, that they're purring under the new boss I think I'm is a massive exaggeration I, I think there's uh, I think they're grinding out results which is really laudable in what you need to do at a club like Rangers but I don't think there should be a, a sort of overwhelming fear factor yeah. uh, there's a, there should be a, a natural wariness because Rangers can on their day put four or five past you but uh, speaking generally I'd I think until he gets a, a January and a season with this mm. team, I don't think it's um, indicative of what Clement would want no. his Rangers I team to look think at. Think in like, fairness yeah. to him, he's doing that good manager thing. I watched him against Aberdeen it was last weekend, and he looks he looks like a manager who's sorting out the shape, sorting out the defence, yes, and first. things like that. So, the, so, and it's certainly my hope for Saturday. Right now, they do the look, and what they are a team that's winning games, but they they don't look like a team. Dens apart, 
the other week where they're going to score a barrel load of goals because he's working on the things to get them sort of into the general shape that he wants. And I think that's uh, Rangers fans should be encouraged by that. Mm. There were times though that they just kicked the ball out of the pitch mm. last night, which I'd never seen a Rangers team do before. They were given the possession away. And I don't know, Hearts didn't quite make the most of it. That's something Dundee certainly need to do. As Bear says, when they get possession, they mm. need to keep it. Um, I can't see him changing the midfield three after the way they performed. Maybe stick another body in there, I don't know. Um, but I think that he can also take confidence from the, the trip to Celtic. Um, it, was a, it was a while ago now, it's back in September, I think maybe August. With the first hour, or first 55. Yeah. It was, it was a, a really rough penalty to, to concede, but up until that point, the, they were competing really well and defending really well and had some moments themselves in that game. Um, so I, th I think uh, there's, there's, there's things to maybe be optimistic about, yeah. but it is Rangers. Against, a, against, yeah. the, against yeah. the Celtic team, we would say as, as well, at this point in time, are more potent than, than that Rangers side. Mm. Uh, as, mm -hmm. as we've said, Rangers look a wee bit laboured at this point in time. But Clement is, you know, he's he's had a few draws, but in general, he's getting wins. You yeah, know, it's yeah. not it's not pretty to watch, but he's getting wins in games. So, yeah, they've just got to go there and, and, and hang in and, and show what they can do. Show they can play mm -hmm. a bit. When we were speaking about the selection there Saturday, one thing that crossed my mind, it's a, it's a a difficult period, uh, of games, but they're it's spattered with games that you're thinking take a point win this one they've got Ross County in Aberdeen after this before they play Celtic might that affect his selection on Saturday try to keep guys fresh I don't know he's got he's got a huge squad there and yeah. he, he's been using them in games as, as we saw at the weekend and you know the substitutes are are, are, are generally utilised he's, he's quite a proactive manager he, he sees things early and he'll, he'll change things during games to to you know to affect the team and that, that's worked quite well for him and, and there's been a lot of substitutes on the park so but you know, we've got the way Dundee have been quite fortunate with getting that Livingston game switched. One because they won the actual game, yeah. but two because it's given them a breather midweek, and that, that's that's good as well. This time of year, there's a lot yeah. of games coming thick and fast, so the squad should be fresh. I, I, you know, I mean, I don't think he's looking any further ahead than Saturday. There's a lot of games coming up, obviously, as you get through actual Christmas itself. So um, you'll have that in the back of his mind, but it certainly won't affect his thinking. I don't think going into this one. Uh, must have, I mean, I look at the next four games Rangers, Ross County Aberdeen Celtic and if they get your point a game over that period in terms of an average I'd be very happy with that mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a tricky room when you, when you sometimes look at sequences and you look and say Dundee haven't won in sort of three or four games but you look at who they've played and they've played the old firm in two of those games mm -hmm. so sometimes mm -hmm. that that can be a wee, wee bit sort of you know, confusing in, in, in itself. But you're right, a, a point of game would have been good. That's why the two points on Saturday would have set, the, the extra yeah. two points would have ah, set yeah. them up nicely for for this very run, you know, because you've got that. You've got, Straight away, you've got three points in the bag to, on that run, but now they'll have to go and find it somewhere else. So, yeah, I mean, they're sitting, they're sitting quite nicely. You know, they've 14 games, 18 points. You would have taken that at the start of the season, no doubt. But yeah. And, and the, way that, the way they're playing, but... You know, you look at this league and, you know, we've, we've seen St Johnston squeezing up, Ross County squeezing up now, you, you know. Mm -hmm. Livingston, I've seen Livingston there before and they went on a run and, I th yeah. you, Alan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I th I'm sure it was something that they didn't lose in 10 games. Yeah. Honestly, and it's, they went from bottom of the league right up to, they were talking about European football and things like that. So that's the sort of thing that you've got to be aware of. The most important thing is you've got to look after yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got to concentrate on what you're doing. At this point in time, Dundee all right, they need to sort out a few things defensively, but they look like a team that are capable now of, of performing at this at this level and creating chances yeah. as well. Creating chances as well. And I've got to say, the further up the league you are, I think the braver you can be in what, yeah. how you set teams up. The, yeah. You know, the more adventurous a manager can be, he can go for points rather than sort of maybe sitting back and holding on just to get a point and, and making sure they don't drop to the bottom of the table at this point in time. So... Yeah, Dundee just need to keep themselves where they are and hopefully spring on after the new year. So much of this game can be about timing as well. You look at that fixture list that you've outlined there, Tam, and take Rangers out of the equation, but you know you would have been looking at Ross County away. 
just a matter of two, two, three weeks ago and thinking it's a really good chance to go up to a difficult venue and put some distance between yourself and a relegation rival. Now, totally different Ross County, yeah. totally different team. Aberdeen at home, you're looking at that now and you're thinking, Aye. oh, you could pile the pressure That's on That's the more inviting game, isn't it? But Yeah, but will they have a well, new manager by now? You know, that's so so much of, um, you know, Bear's right, you do need to look after yourself, but at the same time, so much of your fortunes can sometimes be defined by things that are out out of your hands and, you know, playing teams at the right time, catching them at the right time can sometimes be so important. And to to stress, I'm still very optimistic, although it goes against my better (laughs) nature, about Dundee this season. And uh, another wee thing that... Increased that optimism. I was very interested in Lyle Cameron's comments. Uh, very, very eloquent young man. He is very. He, he speaks yeah. very well, very <coughs> intelligent. Obviously, didn't go masculine, didn't <laughs> um, But uh, uh, after the after us going, oh, didn't say that about. I think it was Bakayoko mm-hmm. the other weeks. Like, oh, the top six in Europe. That's what we were looking at. I noticed him. Yeah. He was obviously asked about it. It was probably George trying to cause a bit of trouble. And Cameron was asked about the top six thing. He said, well, our uh, our aim for the season was to avoid relegation. And that's still got to be the priority. And if we can get that done and dusted, we can then think about the top six. I'm obviously paraphrasing the lad. Mm. Which suggests to me, Tony Doherty's had a word with him (laughs) saying, didn't be focusing on how high you can go. Just keep it as... We're going along, along really nicely. We're on course to get our goal for the season and anything else will be a bonus. And yeah. uh, When I sort of second-guess managers like that in a nice way, I'm always happy. George, you you're always you've got the inside track here. I'm, I'm Let just, us know. I was just surprised that you're ever happy. That's, what, <laughs> that's the problem. Well, that's um, relative. I'm happy for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, Lyle's a very confident Guy, you can see that in the way he plays, but he speaks with that same confidence about himself. Um, and he's fully confident that Dundee have the ability to be in a, in the top six come the end of the season. Um, especially after the way they played it at Mollwald. I mean, it's it's difficult to argue. And they've got a good chance about that if, if Lyle himself continues to improve yeah. uh, the way he's I mean, on doing. Cameron himself... I heard audio of that interview as well. He speaks like a young player who now feels he's part of the team, which is always yeah. great. Yeah, he he, yeah. he he sounded very comfortable as a first team player mm. speaking uh, about the situation, and uh, that's that's always encouraging. Yeah, definitely, because it's it's you have to remember it's still his first yeah Premiership season, and he's I don't know if mm. he's played double figures uh, this season in terms of top flight football yet. Yeah. But he's starting to make an impact. I remember last season, I mean, at this stage last season, he'd, he'd had a couple of cameo roles for Dundee and, uh, and hadn't really done too much. He scored a fine goal at, at Hamilton, I remember, but Boyer was more often than not leaving him on the bench. Mm-hmm. It was not until after Christmas mm-hmm. he came into his own. So I'm hoping that the same thing will happen this year. He's, you know, he's certainly he's realised he's had to step up. You, you can see in his play now, he's a wee bit quicker in his thought and in his passing mm-hmm. process. He knows, he accepts that he's not the the biggest player, and if he gets caught in possession, there's a good chance he'll be shoved off the ball. I mean, he is, Mm. you know, that's a a fact. But he's got a great brain, he's got great feet. And And you touched on it earlier, the the goals he scores coming from midfield into the box are the kind of runs that you suggest that whatever level he's playing at, if he makes those runs, he can keep Mm. scoring goals. And he's fully aware as well, that Bear says, of the things he needs to improve. Mm. He he said that in that interview uh, he was asked what he needs to improve and he was talking about his physicality because yeah. obviously he's, he's a wee guy but he can still be better on that front he said his quality in the final third has to be better as well which kind of shows that he's fully aware of his own abilities and where he needs to improve to get to where he wants to get to and he he's got ambitions to go pretty far in, in the game and Dundee will make the most of it while he's around I, I, I would argue Cool. Finally, George, something that's mystified me this week, and I say this as an admirer of the job Sean Byrne did for Dundee, but when I look at Dundee's squad this season, why are Wraith worried that Sean Byrne's getting recalled? I, I think the worry was more that 
because Dundee have loan players of their own, like Malachi Boateng. Do, do they think that Dundee feel obliged to fill all 52 seats on the team bus <laughs> every Saturday? I think it's more if uh, Crystal Palace decides they want to take Boateng back or Ryan Howley gets called back to commentary or I'm trying to think if there's another central midfielder on loan. But, uh, yeah, if their parent clubs decide there might be a domino effect that then Dundee are short of a body and they think, oh, I well, don't see it happening. I sound like a realist here because I like Boateng, but do you really think that Roy Hodgson's looking at Boateng and saying he's done enough no. since August well, to, could, go, to go into the English Premiership? No, but he could look at him and say that he's done enough that he wants to see how he does in the Championship Aye. in yeah. England because that's a better stepping stone to where Crystal Palace how might be. How dare you, he's at Dundee. <laughs> it's the but, reality. Yeah. But see, I would yeah. even, on that point, I, I would even say the level of the, they'd want him to play in the Championship... I'm not 100% sure that he'd yet get a regular game. I don't think it's likely. I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate. I I realise how preposterous it would be the notion that he would go back and play in the English Premier League, but Mm -hmm. there are sort of middle grounds that could also see Dundee lose him, but I don't think they're likely. No, I I, I can't say either. I think Crystal Palace would be quite happy with how both things are. Dundee have got so many guys they've already played for under Doherty this season in the midfield, and guys, there's four or five of them warming the bench. Most Silla. You know, I think Dundee are more likely to lose loan players simply because the parent yeah. club says we want them to get yeah. more game time than they're getting yeah. rather than... Yeah, possibly. The brutal yeah. fact of the matter is if Tony Doherty wanted Sean Byrne in his squad he would be in his squad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But Sean Byrne is not a young kid who's no. an unknown quantity. Everybody knows what Sean Byrne's about and what he can bring and Tony Doherty's seen him in training and he's decided they didn't want him to be part of the first team squad for, for this period of the season. So to be fair, it's simple as that. Really. Ian Murray just batted it away and just went, well, he's not yeah. our player. He's I think these players, ah, I mean, we, do, I, I, I just, we don't have to worry about that. We, Managers we can have do enough things that, yeah. to worry about without worrying things that got no control yeah. over. So and yeah. also, Sean Burton didn't even play in that Scottish Cup tie I watched against them filming aye. and they were still great. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think Rafael was yeah. right. I think that was, uh, I think my understanding is that was Dundee's choice mm-hmm. yeah. to keep him out. I think just... Oh, so there, there might be something yeah. in it then. I think Max Anderson as well didn't play in the Scottish... I, oh. I think it's just keeping their options. Don't yeah. get me wrong, if Max Anderson and Sean Burton are both back at Dens yeah. in January... Yeah. I'm not going to complain yeah. about it because I, I like them yeah. both. I'd bef- I'd, I think I fully expect both of them to continue where they are. Yeah, clubs like to just cover their backside, don't they, on this yeah. sort of thing? Just because, in case. Yeah, exactly, just in case. Because although it's very much a moot point now from a Dundee United perspective, mm. the uh, four of their kids that were out on loan weren't expected, to, uh, weren't going to be allowed to play, and I don't think it's not as if all four are yeah. expected to come back. Right. But I think. Um, it was maybe a little bit embarrassing. Like last season, for example, Kai Fotheringham was recalled and did okay in the league. Hmm. Couldn't play in the Scottish Cup ties because they'd let him play for Stirling Albion. Um, right. So, and that's a, you know, that's yeah. a yeah, that shouldn't really. It's, be it's, an, it's an embarrassment for and, exactly. and the manager gets it a wee bit in the neck and the coaching stuff from fans saying, "Well, what, what, what's he playing in the yeah, cup yeah, for yeah. his loan team?" You know, so yeah, Tony, like you say, George, just saying, he's just covering covering the bases yeah. there. Right, more of Dundee United after this. United, darling. Now, I was mocked because I was worried. <laughs> and I, I, I was You're worried. You're that down. I, yeah. <laughs> You're continually mocked. I, I know. I, I, I thought you meant I was continually worried. <laughs> but I suppose mocked is more accurate. No, I did say before, and I, this was on the basis they would win their two cup ties. My one worry about going into this period was <coughs> that it was a break from the league and I just wanted United to keep going in the league and then they get a postponement last weekend. Saturday against Ayr is our first league game in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, they're desperate to get back to it and certainly desperate to get back to Tannadice because they've not played yeah. at Tannadice since November 4th, which is a hell of a long <laughs> nah. time not to have a, a home game. But yeah, frustration probably the order of the uh, the weekend in terms of that postponement at Capolo because... I think they were fairly confident of going there and getting a, a decent result. Um, there was a few bees and bonnets in terms of not thinking they got what they deserved down at Queen of the South and mm-hmm. wanting to put that right. So that'll be frustrating. Made doubly so by Wraith Rovers. Last-minute heroics, uh, again, coming from a oh. one-goal deficit to win in the last five minutes. And hats off to them. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. So resilient and up at Inverness as well which is oh, against, a yeah. against a difficult yeah, so team United place. did that as well though didn't 
They did indeed. Aye, they did indeed. And United were down to 10 men. So, but to be fair, it was 0 0 at that point. So, uh, yeah. not quite a spectacular yeah. turnaround. But yeah, it's um, just uh, you can only give credit to Wraith Rovers. And to be fair, I didn't get the sense from speaking to Jim Goodwin that uh, Wraith Rovers' rise and resilience and, uh, and efforts are in any way spooking them or top of the agenda. What it did do is probably make more. Um, make it a bad weekend for the supporters mm. so you know in the sort of Aye. united echo chambers lots of uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth but fundamentally and there, I, is, I, there is a big difference between oh, Wraith are winning easily again to oh, Wraith are oh, Wraith have dropped points chance to close the gap oh yeah. no they've won yeah <laughs> but fundamentally it's 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 another team doing their thing yeah. you know if, if you do your thing then you, you win the league and that's that's the way that it needs to be focused but what they are doing is underlining that they are bona fide title challengers yeah. and that's I mean that's what what Jim did make absolutely clear speaking to him this week is that this isn't some eyebrow raising shock that is perhaps perceived externally he said and he is right and you know we reported it earlier in the season that Wraith Rovers are title challengers they have built a squad worthy of challenging at the top end of the table and that's exactly what they're doing so and come Friday night they could be the league leaders so yes. it's, it's fascinating stuff um, and I think, it's, uh, I think United would have liked to have that Morton game just so that it didn't open the door for Wraith Rovers to go top of the league mm-hmm. on Friday night but it's a really long season we can sometimes you know because we do it's a weekly podcast so you're um, by definition you can only talk and be uh, analytical about what's happening that week but you know, it is a bigger season. It won't be a disaster yeah. if Wraith Rovers go top of the league on Friday night, especially if United then win against Air United on on Saturday. So long old season, but at the moment for this little, you know, run up to the transfer window and things, uh, Wraith Rovers and, and United are making it a right crack and tussle up there. It's a, I wouldn't say it's a, a fantastic championship. I would say it's a lot. I think it's a much better championship than last year in terms of the teams that are at the top of it. Um, it's United, United man having a clandestine <laughs> go at Dundee, George. Yeah, well, I, it, I mean, I think the, the the points totals at this stage in the two seasons are fairly blatantly obvious. So, I mean, it, it is a it's a, a better league in terms of the teams at the top. Uh, United, Wraith Rovers, and Partick Thistle are all up there with a right decent points total, and it's going to be a really entertaining few weeks. Mm-hmm. But, um, it will lead into a, an interesting January in terms of what every team does. Uh, bolstering, strengthening, rebuilding, and then it's an, uh, uh, the the real stuff, the real uh, either celebration or panicking can come mm-hmm. after the winter transfer window, and when momentum starts to build towards the running, mm-hmm. this is just a, a a section of the season, and it's mm-hmm. an exciting one. Well, Friday night, yeah. I mean, if Partick win, they're kind of in that mm-hmm. title race. Suddenly, they'll have played two more games than than United, but they'll only be within one result of them. I mean. It could get really mm-hmm. interesting if, particularly yeah. if, if United maybe get a draw and then it's United race next weekend. It's yeah, it, it, it suddenly got a lot uh, tighter and closer, and you can kind of understand why punters were concerned last week after the race turned things around. Um, uh-huh. Because suddenly going from almost a, getting into that mm-hmm. kind of one horse race type thing, it suddenly were, I mean, there's potential for it being a three horse race. I think United Ooh. don't fancy it. Like, see this new... Um, a proper title race. Exactly. Yeah. See this new sort of sense of, oh, actually, they're right there, and this is a mm. battle, and suddenly people outside are going, oh, are United going to bottle it? Are United going to do this and that? I think the squad they've got this season will really fancy yeah. that. Uh, I haven't spoken to a, a lot of them. Um, I think it is a, it's a squad full of uh, people with the right character. I think Wraith have also got that, which you have to say. So that's why I don't think they'll go quietly. I don't, I don't know the personalities of this will just get quite as well to say so. But uh, I think um, I think United will fancy that. And uh, Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I was just going to say, Bear, I mean, if, if, if Wraith, as I expect, beat Partick tomorrow, they're top of the league, it's a wee bit extra pressure for United. Mm-hmm. But when you looked at the championship at the start of the season, and it's often the case, Dundee last season, it's been Hearts, Hibs and Passings, you you can usually pick one team because it's a team that you're used to seeing in the Premier League. Say They'll be their favourites. They'll be up in the thick of the promotion Mm -hmm. race. So United expect to be where they are. 
with the championship, it's always harder to pick out who else is going to be the Miles. challenger this season. But they would expect somebody to be mm. doing what Wraith's doing. So United won't be surprised yeah. that it's this close. And as Alan says, they've got the kind of player at Tannadice just now that they'll react in a in a belligerent way to folk going, oh, United have been really good, but now yeah. Wraith are top or, or Wraith are still only a point behind them and all that. That... It, keep, it keeps the juices flowing, yeah. if you like, in the dressing room. Well, i got to be clear. What, I mean, what Dundee United have done this season, this championship has been phenomenal. I mean, they've, ah. they've had a couple of blips in the cup, but I mean, they've not lost a game. Uh-huh. They've, not, they've got 31 p- points, a, a, a possible 39. I think, you know, you've got to... You've got to uh, Dundee United can't affect what Wraith Rovers do. Uh-huh. Dundee United, I've spoke about Dundee, Dundee United have got to look after themselves, but yep. it's, Dundee United have been excellent this season. On, on their league forum. You know, Wraith Rovers, you got to take your half to them for absolutely hanging in there. When Dundee were in the Championship on the run in the last season, we were thinking, as a Dundee fan, praying to get out of that Championship, obviously, but also realising the fact we felt that this season's Championship would be more competitive mm-hmm. than last season. Now, that hasn't materialised for one reason or another, mainly because Dundee United have put such a spurt, yeah. spurt and they left quite a few teams in their wake, but it's, you know, it's it's credit to Wraith Rovers that they've managed to keep up there. But Dundee United, that's what Jim Goodwin should be telling his players. You know, we've we've been good. We've done well no, this was, season to get where we are. I was just going to say, Alan, if you're Jim Goodwin or Declan Gallagher or Louis Mole or Kevin Holt, you're saying to the young players, "Hi boys, Wraith have been amazing. Goal difference, plus eight. Mm-hmm. Our goal difference, mm-hmm. plus 27. Yeah. We've lost less than half the goals. And they're amazing, yeah. boys. Are you, go- are you going to accept that? Are you... They're getting all the... Which, Wraith deserve their praise, don't get me wrong, but if I'm at United just now, I'm going, wait a minute, what about us? We're at the top, and we've performed in an an exceptional level by any championship season. I have no idea what Jim will be saying to the players (laughs) privately, but publicly, I think he's actually quite... I've suggested this in my weekly fan letter to Jim. (laughs) I think... um, uh, uh, Sorry, publicly, I think he's actually quite happy for people to start looking at Wraith Rovers and going, Mm -hmm. they're proper title challengers. Put a bit of pressure on them. Like, stop talking about them as the plucky underdogs. I think that's perhaps the, you know not to prescribe motive behind somebody's words, but I think there's a, a element of he was very, very happy to talk them up, praise them to the hilt, say that they're title yeah. challengers because there's enough pressure to go yeah. around and yeah. let Wraith Rovers have some because it's probably easier to be the plucky underdog story than it is to yeah. be the Dundee United in the division. But in terms of you know messaging, you know, it's, in league football, United, as Bear says, unbeaten. They're the third top scorers in Scottish league football. They are... The, uh, they've got the best defensive record in British League football. It has been a unbelievably good championship campaign. So, aside from the learnings that you can take from those two defeats, you just pretend the cups didn't happen. Simple yeah. as that. Just Aye. write them off. They're gone. Whatever. It will make absolutely no difference beyond the um, uh, come the end of the season, beyond a couple of pennies in the pocket. Mm. So, it's you just write that off, pretend it didn't happen, and get back to league action. A league that um, they have been. Excellent, and and it's not like there's any surprises. They've you know they've racked up this record by playing every team in the league. They know what's in store. They know they can beat every side in this league. So they just need to get back to what they were doing well. And if those last couple of results and some of the criticism that maybe came that way is a little poking the ribs, then happy days. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think the, the, the dynamic changes this week. It's really interesting this this weekend the way the fixtures pan out. The yeah. dynamic mm-hmm. changes because as, as as much as we've been praising Wraith Rovers. Which they deserve, can they handle can they handle the yeah. pressure mm-hmm. of going into a game knowing if they win they go top of the league? Ah. Can they handle it? And and, and likewise if, if they do, can Dundee United respond to that yeah. on, on Saturday? Mm-hmm. So it'd be really interesting to see this weekend. Uh, United haven't been off top spot since the second week of the season. So, you know, it's it bears bang on. There are, there are so many different dynamics yeah. potentially in play that will tell you a wee bit about the respective teams. So, as I say, it's going to be a really interesting 24 hours in the, in the division. And I've also, I mean, the other thing you need, they've got, they've got players, that, it's not necessarily top of the league pressure, but players that have played for Scotland, players that have played at a high level in Scottish football and a decent level in English football, 
they've been in situations where, you know, there's a there's a spotlight on them and people there's an expectation, and they've they've shown elsewhere in the past they can cope with it. No reason to believe they can't cope with this. Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at when I say mm. that. I think they've got a sort of group that'll enjoy the the pressure of a title race. They'll enjoy being questioned and challenged because that's how you get to that kind of level that you're talking about. It's by having a competitive edge and by having a bit of dig and obviously it goes without saying you'd rather be 15 points clear but yeah. just in terms of whether they're going to fold or rise I would suggest that it's probably be the latter based on the characters but it's all fine me saying that I, I also said that I thought they would beat Queen of the South they didn't so mm -hmm. it's, it's up to them to go and do the business on Saturday and the other thing about successful teams, as Alan says, everybody would rather have a big gap. Successful teams, if their fate's in their own hand, the law in their own hands, they'll always believe that they can do the job, won't they? Yeah, I think so. And I think the, the great thing from Dundee United's point of view is they came into this season as big, big favourites to win this league. The weight of expectation is on them. And that, as Alan said, that's not a bad thing because... You could you could dress up any way you want, Tom. But every game Dundee United play in the Championship, their fans expect them to win that game. It doesn't matter who they're playing or where they're playing; they expect them to win that game, and that that, that carries its own pressure. And up to now, they've not lost the game, so they're Dundee United have thirteen yeah. games with that kind of pressure. Absolutely, absolutely. So you, you no offence to them, the yeah. talkers have been brilliant. So Tomorrow night is Wraith's first game with yeah. this kind of pressure, isn't it? So yeah, let, let's see what, what Wraith, Wraith can do. And I've got to say, I've, I've seen Wraith a couple of times, not 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 full games, but extended highlights, a couple of their games, and they've been terrific. You know, they, they really have. They, as, as, a cracking as, football team. Saw so extended highlights of the, the game up at Inverness on Saturday, and, and they did get a wee bit fortunate. You know, one's up, Inverness had a chance to go two one up late on, and you know, and, and they get 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 the penalty. Um, Late on as well. What I would say is, if you've got Wraith Rovers on your coupon, they're not the team you want to be cashing out <laughs> when they're when they're level with, no. and the games in stoppage time. How many things have gone? But they're the team to. But if, that, you're getting, if you're getting right good live odds yeah. and, they're, and they're losing yeah. in the last five minutes, yeah. you pile on, you make a fortune. Yeah, but they're they're a fine team to watch. Ian Murray's got them playing some some really good football. But let's see this weekend. It's a fascinating. Fascinating, as Alan said, 40 hours coming up in the championship. They're still, they're still part of me, and I, I really I like Ray Throws as a club, really mm -hmm. do, so not having a pop in the slightest, but there is still part of me that thinks, see if you are in those non-winning positions so often going into the last five minutes, something's clearly, you know, it's, it's not... It's not optimal. In a 90-minute football match, you don't want to always have to be coming from behind yeah. or coming from level in the last five minutes. It doesn't speak to an overall control of the football yeah. match, which is what you would want to emerge as champions over the course of a 36-game season. Um, it's a it's a hot streak in terms of you know something special happening at a club, and maybe that will turn into more control and more dominant overall performances, but you'd kind of always back the team that tends to be more comfortable in games rather than the mm -hmm. team that's having to yeah. come back in is, the last is five that minutes. something where we say the difference between the two teams, Dundee United have been in control of the majority yeah. of the league games. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been a lot, I mean, there have been a few, but the majority of the time they're, they're seeing games out quite comfortably. It's not a last gap winner we're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, up in my, mo yeah. my, my mother's... My colours <laughs> to the cast. <laughs> <laughs> my mother's to the cast. My colours to the master and say... If Dundee United are 1-0 up with five minutes to go against Wraith a week on Saturday, Wraith ain't coming back in yeah. that one. And, oh, uh, that's a big goal. Oh, God. Oh, let's wait and see what happens here. <laughs> I've, got, I've got this strange lust for egg on my face. I don't know what it is. It's masochism. No, but I think I think it's that thing. As great as Wraith, you, you tend to forget that Something's gone wrong in games for as good as they've tended to be. Something has gone wrong in games for Wraith because they've been trailing deep in the in the second half. Now, I'm a huge admirer admirer of Ian Murray, and I hope he gets a chance uh, either with Wraith at one day, not this season, uh, or someone else in the future in the Premier League because I think he's an exciting young manager. But I can't believe he plans no. <laughs> to be behind going into the last ten minutes. No. So. If they're in that situation against Dundee United, they're in a situation against a much better team than anyone else that they've, they've been there against. 
you are putting a compelling case to, for this completely hypothetical situation <laughs> that's happening and what is it 10 I, days I can, time I can, I, I can argue you fiction all day it's the facts that let me do this. yeah it's um no you're uh, you you might be right who knows let's hope we never need to find out it's um <laughs> but it's just one three now in terms of uh, yeah ian murray clearly won't plan to always have to rely on this but what it does do is it shows uh, it reflects exceptionally well on the options he's compiled in his squad. He can change games uh, yeah. later on. The character of his group, mm. you know, the belief and that he helps imbue them with and also just the, the players themselves. It's a, it's a really exciting squad. And I've said before, I think it's a real shame that these two clubs are in the same division in the same year because I think in another year they would both be worthy champions of this division. Yeah. By October. October. <laughs> I don't know why we're still talking about it. Uh, we've got the ribbons on the trophy. Well, I, well I've already got the trophy mm -hmm. at Tanadice, so so Wraith might, might steal it back a week on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But I think, mate, and another day, it's, it's an argument as to why why can't we get two teams up? Well, you can. That's no, but playoffs are automatically. And I yeah. uh, actually heard John Robertson on the radio uh, call for a 14 team league. Two teams automatically get promoted, and there's still playoffs. But being a being a sensible lad, he also said, "But it takes it takes one of the old firm games away, so that's never yeah. going to happen because yeah. financially and, and and the TV companies won't wear that no, at sure. all." But it is the, the the championship is getting to a place where they're they're it's, they're probably worthy of a couple of teams going up. If you ask me, the Premiership clubs are just never going no, to vote for that because no. they're effectively yeah, voting for a much bigger chance of themselves getting relegated. And we blew the last opportunity to change the way that the voting was done in this country. So mm -hmm. we've kind of, as always in Scottish football, only got ourselves to blame. So it's, um, it's yeah. actually got yeah. harder now that they're one organisation when yeah. you yep. should have said it should yeah. have been easier. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about this for years. I, I've not got a problem with the Championship and as much as the setup, it's a very competitive league and ultimately it turns out to be probably. More competitive than the than the top flight yeah. because the old firm dominate for 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 years after years sort of thing. My big gripe about the championship is its financial death knell for clubs, full time football. And My gripe like, about yeah. Scottish football is it punishes failure more yeah. than it rewards success. Yeah, it's a real it's a, you know the impact it has and has had on big clubs and we know for a fact Dundee Dundee United have been down there. Are down there at the moment, but you look at you look at the, the the clubs that are down there. Dunfermline, big club, you know. I even look at you know Partick Thistle, decent sized club, but they've been they've been hurt more than the Dundee clubs. Obviously, yeah. Green, 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 Green Morton, Wraith Rovers, clubs so who have been down, down for so long. Weeks. Yeah, been down so long. You know, mm -hmm. it's a huge, it's a huge way back for them, and you see the sort of infrastructure they've got to put in place now to get to get up to up to speed and just to just to jump up that level. Yeah, it's, it's a financial graveyard. I think that's what has to be addressed more than sort of ups Relative and downs. Yeah. shouldn't yeah. kill clubs. But yeah, absolutely. For that to happen, though, the teams in the Premiership have to give away a wee bit yeah, more of I know, what they George, get. Yeah, I know. It's just... It's just I, I, it's amazing how, how quickly you, God, you, you, George, you, it's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Surely the will. You'd think so, but no. <laughs> I, I think there's quite a few clubs up there that think they will never get relegated, which is surprising because most of them have been relegated. Nah. Or in Aberdeen's but case, I think they were, they were league, saved at one yeah. point from relegation because the infrastructure Falkirk didn't have the Brockdale, criteria yeah. in place. But it's amazing how quickly teams who who are in the championship and more about you know the rewards for the championship compared to the Premiership forget about that when they're yes. in the Premiership. Yeah. Champion what? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Going back to United, I mean, good news about the, you know, the, the <laughs> postponement last week. Tony Watt, back in the picture. Yeah, and uh, Jim seemed really delighted about that. I th actually, we've got a piece going up on our websites this afternoon, so we kind of check in on that in terms of uh, Tony Watt's kind of the, the, the unseen work that he does um, for the team. And I think he is one of those players and, He's only been missing for one competitive match, but you know he's been nursing a groin strain for a wee bit, and he is one of those players that I don't think we've quite appreciated just how important mm -hmm. he's been to the overall work of this this team in terms of he is yeah not to be a spoiler on the some of the stuff within the piece, but let's just say he triggers a hell of a lot of the defensive work in this United yeah. team, and when we're discussing that best defensive record in, in British football, uh, British league football. 
that defending, be silly to just say that, it comes from a back four, it comes from your entire team. Mm. And in terms of the forward players, Tony Watt is the most prolific in a lot of the you know, defensive aspect. He, in short, he is running himself into the ground for this team. And um, I think he will be welcome back. Um, whether he'll go straight into the starting lineup, uh, that remains to be seen. Dick Glass played very well at Somerset Park um, in the 3-0 game. So that was whether Tony maybe goes on to the bench and Declan keeps his place or, or whether Tony comes straight in. That's a decision for the manager to make. But I think it's... I think it's gradually dawning over the course of the season, especially now that he's added a couple of goals, so it kind of quietens mm-hmm. that criticism. I think it's gradually dawning that he is a, a very important puzzle to the way this whole sort of unit um, grinds on, and uh, it will be good to to, uh, to get him back to to full fitness. And it's good that it's because he did go down to you know visit a wee specialist to make sure it was nothing major mm-hmm. to worry about, make sure that he could keep playing, didn't need anything done, and. I think there'll be a, a sense of relief that he's he's good to go. Yeah, I mean, I've long said about Tony Watt, and I hold my hands, I was just as, as guilty as anyone. You tend, players like Tony Watt who are not perturbed about moving club, mm-hmm. and, and some players are like that. Some players say, it's not working out here, let's just move on. And, and he's, he's a man of many clubs, and mentally people tend to think, oh, he's not really bothered, and he's no... But every time I see Tony Watt in a park, he's a hard, hard-working striker, isn't he? Yeah, and I think he's. I think he's had to be, you know, to stay in this as Dundee United team because Jim Goodwin wants everybody yeah. doing a job. But what I would say about Tony Waters, I've seen a couple of goals and, and a couple of been in, in the cup games. I think of Peter Head and at Falkirk. Yeah. He's got a different class to, to the vast majority of strikers in this league. He's got a real, real quality about him, which which most teams don't possess in, in their in their front men, and that's. I can only be beneficial. I mean, he's never been a prolific scorer bar that period at Motherwell where mm-hmm. he went on a purple patch and got goals. But he's got but that. He's got that. See, the difference in there. class where yeah. no offence to championship strikers, give them a couple of yards, you're in trouble. Yep. Give him give him inches yeah. and he can produce produce something that can turn the game, can't yep. he? Absolutely. But as I say, to be in this Dundee United team, Jim Goodwin stressed to him, you have to do the work and he's doing that. He's doing that for Dundee United and... Uh, yeah, he's a big player for me, Tom. He's an experienced, he's an experienced man, and I was unsure what Tony Watt would bring to the table this season for Dundee United. But I think, I mean, you can look at him, and he can sometimes be languid, and that, that that could sort of, you know, people could be confused by languid and people not trying. It's a, it's a, it's a style of the way 100%. he goes about the park. You know, he does a big job for Dundee United in terms yeah. of real quality. You know, his work rate. And the experience he brings, the guys play the Champions League level, remember. I was going to say, that, that says something about his attitude as well, that there are there are many players who, uh, great pros, would say, I've played in the Champions League. The Championship is not for me. Well, you Can I get a move? And he probably could have got a move because he'll be on decent money. We mentioned that kind of United echo chamber that you get on social media and obviously on on Twitter when you, you write so much about Dundee United, your timeline becomes very much curated to to the voices talking about Dundee United and opinions, and uh, so you see all sorts. And um, I, I do. I've I've left games United games this season thinking. I feel like we've watched a completely different player to some of the mm-hmm. criticism that mm-hmm. he gets. And I do sometimes wonder if it's exactly what Bear's talking about there, whether it's a, a combination of the fact that sometimes if the ball's in a different phase of play or whatever, he can be a wee bit hangdog or a wee bit, look a wee bit disappointed or be shouting at somebody. or And that mixed with maybe the perception of what, the external perception of what Tony Watt's like leads people to... Mm. You know, think that they're watching a player that's not bothered, thinking they're watching a player that's not trying. But when you actually watch, like, when the game is in his, you know, phase of play to impact it, he is chasing, harrying, pressuring, Uh trying to make key passes. Uh, And you leave the stadium and I'm reading tweets saying he wasn't bothered and he wasn't running. It's it's very odd, uh, you know, and and I I do wonder if it's just sometimes the perception of. What I would say to folk like that is watch him when when United don't have the ball Mm because he'll run hard. Yeah. Always be wary of criticising strikers who, when their team has the ball, suddenly walk because they drop off. And, yeah. and it's that because they don't just always sprint. And I'm a big fan of centre forward sprinting straight towards the goal, but clever strikers will, will stop and let people run away yeah. from them. And then they're in the space and we, we see the range of goals he can score. If, uh, if that means Tony Watt gets the ball on the edge of the box, the other team's in trouble and he's. Mm. 
performed a smart play. My my criticism of Tony Watt is I think he's got another gear to do things a little faster. Because I think he is. He's clever, he's technically gifted. As we've discussed there, he's played at a very, very good level. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes he takes a touch too early, he hangs on to the ball a beat too slowly. There's nobody in the Dundee United team that's been dispossessed more than Tony Watt. Yeah. Um, I think he is capable of doing things faster. And I, I would like to see that from him. But beyond that, I think he's having a very, uh, quietly having a very, very good season. And it will be a big boost to have him back. And as I say, hopefully this groin, you know, niggle is something they can kind of manage. Because yeah. it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like it was ever too serious. Aye. But it also doesn't sound like something that suddenly mm. goes away completely. So, And if it doesn't go away, it gets in players' heads, doesn't it? P potentially. But then again, uh, that really entirely depends on, on the severity. And we've not really had a sort of full breakdown of that. It's just been constantly described as a niggle. So... Um, I have a better idea how much it's affecting him or otherwise if, if we see him on Saturday. After his heart trick on Saturday, we'll there know it's go. fine. Great stuff. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice 